Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey, my friend, and welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast. It is me, your buddy, Denise Green, and I'm really happy you're here. It is, well, it happens to be the last day of 2020 as I'm recording this. And I thought I'd try something mm, slightly different. I'm going to go kind of meta. And I'm going to try and talk about one of the biggest topics in the world in a somewhat analytical way, (laughs) structured way. So mm, we're going to cover a lot of ground and we'll see how this goes. But I want to talk about the purpose of life and how to live a good one, and why we don't do it, what gets in the way, because man, we try. And the thing that I believe is the way we live the best life possible is to use our talents, and I believe our God-given talents, every day. Use the talents that come so naturally to us that they don't even seem like a big deal. And it almost seems like we're cheating. And then we come up with stories like, I'm not good enough because I'm not working hard enough. I'm not sweating hard enough. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose of your life is to enjoy it. And the way you enjoy it is by using the talents that you are most passionate about using in service to the world. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like for you, but it's going to be individual. And so the more you compare to others and say, oh, well, she's doing that thing. That's way bigger than what I'm doing. The more you're not going to live your purpose. You cannot compare yourself to others and feel good. And I believe that if you are not feeling good, that you are not living your purpose. You are not living your best life. Because if we do this right, if we use our talents every day, and we do that in service to others, you will feel emotions like gratitude and peace and happiness and joy. And I know that's where we're supposed to be because from a vibrational perspective, those emotions vibrate at such a high frequency that they make us healthy and they make others want to be around us. Whereas emotions at the bottom of the spectrum, and I know you've heard me talk about this before, but if you haven't, I'm talking about the spectrum that was first measured and created by Dr. David Hawkins. You can read about it in Power Versus Force or you can just Google it. And... He has calibrated all the different emotions. And you know which ones make you feel like crap. And you probably remember from other podcasts which one is at the very bottom. The lowest vibrating emotion is shame. And when I say vibrating, I literally mean molecules vibrating. Einstein said that everything in the universe is vibration. Even the chair you're sitting on is vibrating. You can't feel it. You can't see it. 
The chair does not have an emotion, but the chair has a vibrancy signature. And you know what it's like to vibrate at a low level. It does not feel good to be in a place of shame where you think that you are something bad, that you are not good enough. It doesn't even feel good to vibrate at fear. Fear feels terrible. When we move up to the level of courage, we start to make a shift. Because at courage, we start to move away from the thing that is causing us the fear. We start to take action. And then we feel more in control. But ideally, we're operating at least at a vibrational frequency of love. Love is a million light light years away from shame. All right, so how do we combine these things? How do we wake up every day, know what our talents are, use our talents in service to others, and feel emotions like gratitude, which vibrates at the same frequency as love? They're kind of the same thing. If you're feeling gratitude for something, you're loving on it. The next one above love is joy. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that we adults especially have enough joy in our lives. I personally love the sound of kids playing outside screeching. I mean, it is just pure, unadulterated joy. But how often do we do that as grown-ups? You know, how often do we go out and swing on swings or play tag? When was the last time you had a giant belly laugh? So sometimes we forget what joy feels like. We kind of remember having it, but when was the last time you really had it? So we're just out of practice. So I'm going to tell you how we get to this place where we are able to actually use our talents every day in service to others, in service to ourselves, um, and achieve abundance in life. Because when you do good, when you use your talents, you're going to get rewarded for it. And then how do you get the rewarding, the rewarding emotions from it as well? So I want you to write these four words down. Not if you're driving or walking, of course, but you can just take a note on your phone if you're walking. So the four words are state, story, strategy, and standards. So state is all about our emotional and physical state, our vibration. We don't talk about this a lot. Story is about our thoughts and our beliefs. At a granular level, our belief about something that is happening right now to us, maybe we stubbed our toe, we have a story about that. And at our meta level, the beliefs that guide our life. And sometimes we don't even know what those are. They just seem such a part of us. We think everybody has that story. The strategies that we use to build a great life and then the standards that we accept. Now the problem is that most of us skip to three. We skip to strategy. I want to lose weight, I'm going to go find a good diet. So let's use that one. Have you ever tried to lose weight and you found a great diet? Maybe this diet's worked for thousands of people. 
It's a good, proven strategy. No, I'm not talking about the eat bacon all day diet. We found a healthy diet that included exercise, eat less, eat more vegetables, no-brainer. But it still didn't work. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe it happened with exercise. I will tell you that the strategies most of us are taught growing up do not necessarily lead to a happy life. I mean, you just think about the way we're educated. Are you educated in elementary school to identify what your innate talents are and what your passions are? In high school, are you allowed to just specialize in classes that you love? You know, I am so freaking stubborn that I did that. I did that in high school to the best of my ability. I remember sitting in the principal's office and I was so upset that they were not going to let me quit pre-calculus. I was so upset. I felt like they were trying to control my life and they had no good reason why I should be in that class. Oh, but Denise, you're getting a B plus. I'm like, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So um, I cried. I was so upset. And I think that freaked them out. And eventually they let me drop out. I dropped out of something else too. And I ended up taking um, a humanities class with the librarian, Jan Hoberite, who is brilliant. And I learned about religions and philosophy. And I read amazing books. I also took an independent reading class. <laughs> yes, I sat in a room and read. And I read some amazing books. Um, I mean, Camus, uh, just so much good stuff. So I had to force my way into letting my talents flourish. So we're not really taught how to pick great strategies. We're taught how to follow the herd and just follow other people's strategies that they spoon feed us. So the way we have to get out of that is to start with managing our state. So, the first thing you can look at is, are you in a contracted state where you're full of fear, you're holding your breath, you're triggered, you're small? Or are you in, a, in an expansive state? So let's just use this phrase. If somebody comes up to you and says, can I give you some feedback? What does your body naturally do? I don't know about you, but mine contracts. I'm ready for the argument. I'm ready for the pain. So I get smaller. But that's just a choice. We can open up and say, oh, cool. Take a deep breath. And I'm looking forward to hearing this conversation. That's available to us as well. So it's not the circumstances that cause us to contract or expand. It's not circumstances that cause us to feel an emotion that vibrates at a negative range, like fear, or anger, or resentment, or a positive range. Our child can do something, and we can interpret it as negative or positive. Somebody can tell us something, and we can interpret that as negative or positive. And of course, as you probably know, humans are hardwired to think negative thoughts five times as many times 
as we think positive thoughts. But we can obviously shift that with practice. We now know that our brains are not hardwired forever. They're constantly changing depending on what we put our attention on. Synapses that fire rewire. So if we decide to think more positively, we will create a brain that sees the positive more often than the negative. And when it comes to stressful emotions, first of all, all emotions will come to an end if we let them. But when we stuff them down, when we try to ignore them, when we don't let them come to their natural end or even help them come to their natural end by doing something comforting like exercising or taking a deep breath, or hugging somebody, then we store them. And our state gets more and more contracted, and our vibration gets lower and lower. And it's really hard to pick good stories and strategies from that low vibrating place. So to improve your state, very first thing you can do is just take a deep breath. And literally say to yourself, choose to expand. I choose to expand in abundance. We can choose scarcity or we can choose abundance. Scarcity is always available and that just says I don't have enough. You can open any cupboard in your kitchen and find abundance. How lucky are you to have running water and electricity and a bed to sleep on? Abundance is all around us if we just let ourselves see it. And when we let that in, we experience the emotion called gratitude, which then gives us a feeling of abundance. So for my clients, before I ever teach them a strategy, before I ever teach them how to become an amazing speaker or a great influencer or a good leader, somebody good at giving feedback, First, I work with them on their state. Because it doesn't matter what I teach them. It will not stick. And this is the reason why I can help people change stories and change their health in a relatively quick time. It's not because I'm teaching them a strategy. It's because I'm teaching them how to manage their state, how to notice it and manage it. So story comes after state. And they're very interrelated. If you have a story, for example, that says you're the victim, the victim of circumstances, the victim of other people's actions, you're going to contract. You're not going to be able to see abundance. You're not even going to be able to think clearly. You're not going to be able to see a path out of your situation because victims are trapped by their very nature. Victims don't hold the keys to the jail cell. But when you have a story that says, I have a path out of this, I just need to find it. Or a story that says, what is the gift in this situation? What is the gift in me losing my job? What is the gift in me getting in a car accident or me getting sick? You will always find one, or you can always find one. You might need somebody else to help you find it. But just look back at anything that happened in your life that at the time you thought was a curse. 
and ask yourself now, what was the gift that that situation gave me? The story you choose is so important. And there's no more important story than the story you choose to tell about yourself and your worthiness. Because we have a universal truth that there is a need for our actions to be completely aligned with our current identity story. So if your identity story is that you're not good enough, you will always act in ways that make that true. And I see this all the time. I work with women who have graduated from amazing schools, who have amazing credentials, gorgeous, really just have everything going for them. But they have a story of lack, that they are somehow not good enough. They look around, they compare themselves to others, or they step into an executive forum and all of a sudden they lose their train of thought, they get flustered, and they become just a tiny, contracted version of themselves. And that is because you can't think you're not good enough and act like you are. It just doesn't work that way. So the story you choose about yourself is so important. And I'm not suggesting you lie. You need to find a story that you believe. Like I had one woman, she just switched it to, oh yeah, I can learn that. Oh yeah, I'll figure it out. It was as casual as that. She was this, is an amazing consultant, and she's so versatile that she gets brought on to do things that she has never in her life done. And she had a story where she was telling herself, oh my gosh, I can't do this. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. I've never done this before. And the story was exhausting her so much and it was taking so much energy to pretend that she knew what she was doing, that she would take these huge gaps between assignments. And she was losing a lot of potential income. That she was so stressed out from the pretending and from the pain that she needed a huge break. She was also declining roles where she thought, I'm not an expert in that. Once she upgraded the story to, yeah, I haven't done that exactly, but... I'm a smart cookie, I'll figure it out. She believed that story, and it completely changed her life. She's now just accepted an extension that she would have normally declined. So she's just earned herself five months of income that she would not have otherwise had, and people keep telling her that she is the favorite consultant they have ever worked with, and they are so grateful for her. And they tell her she's fun, and they like working with her. She is living her best life right now. She's also taking care of her body. She runs every day, so she has strategies in place that help her as well. She does Pilates once a week, and she's doing this all during a shelter-in. She's doing yoga online. She's doing a Zoom community class of Pilates, and she runs every day. She and her husband have a beautiful relationship. They do yoga together three times a week. And she feels like, of course I'm good enough. I don't know everything, but I know what I'm good at. So she's a perfect example of somebody who adjusted her story. And I see people doing this all the time. If your story is about lack, I'm going to invite you right now to start brainstorming. 
and don't stop your brainstorm about who you are until you land on one that meets the two critical criteria. First, you believe it. Second, it makes you feel good when you think it. If nothing else, it should make you feel neutral. No baggage. Like, yeah, that's who I am. So once we have our state in alignment with abundance and expansion, our story is one of possibility and enoughness, then we can use strategies. Then we can read a book, watch a video, take a course from me, and learn how to do something really well. And it will stick. So the next time we do have to give an executive briefing, we'll know what to do because we will be embodying a person who is enough. And then the final S word is standards. And these are all about the standards that you set for yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. How do you take care of yourself? How do you talk to yourself? How do you forgive yourself for anything that has happened in your past and anything that happened today? How do you practice, practice, not just want to do it, but practice feeling the vibration of gratitude? And how do you practice getting yourself into a state of joy? For me, a lot of that is talking to my daughter and listening to great music and dancing to it. Even fetching with my dog and petting other people's dogs can put me in a state of joy. The one standard I think is most important of all is refusing to allow yourself to stay in suffering. Suffering is always optional because we produce our own suffering. When we believe we don't have enough, when we believe things are not going the way they're supposed to be going, when we believe that we are not good enough as a human being, we suffer. And suffering only produces more pain. It doesn't heal us. It doesn't help us tap into our talents. Because when we're using our true talents, and when we're using them in service to good, there is no suffering. We can get sick. We can stub our toe. But we won't suffer. It will just be. It will be neutral. So I am going to ask you to set a standard of taking responsibility for your joy. I invite you, when you turn this off, to go and find something that creates joy in you and do it. Or even if it just creates calmness in you, like a salt bath or a walk in nature. But decide every day to wake up grateful. That's how you can start your day every day. Feel the comforts of your bed. Feel the comforts of your sheets. I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to feel guilty that you have these good things and other people don't. I want you to feel grateful. Because suffering doesn't actually help anybody. It just makes you feel a little better for not helping people. <laughs> so the best thing you can do to help people right now is to be a brighter version of yourself. Because when you walk in a room and you have the vibration of gratitude or joy, you lift everybody else up. 
You know this happens when somebody comes into a room and they have the vibration of anger and resentment and fear. You can feel it, and you don't want to be around that person. So take control of your state, your story, and yourself, and I invite you to just go do something fun and see if you can't remember that feeling you got from screeching on the playground. All right, thank you for listening. I love you. I want you to take care of yourself. And here's to a happy new year, no matter what time of year it is you're listening to this. Today can be the start of a new year for you. And if you are a female professional who is ready to get rid of your I'm not good enough story and you want to know more about how we can do that, just reach out. I'm at Denise at BrillianceInc.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.